Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. It's on target and it is good. Wow. Without further ado... What the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Oh, 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 oh. Just leave it up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Absolutely not. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast NBA Edition for a Friday, our Western Conference first round playoff series preview. On Wednesday, we brought you the Eastern Conference. We're back. On Friday with the Western Conference, Raheem Palmer, Brandon Anderson joining me as always. Gents, uh, my first question, do you have any reactions to the Pacers completely getting just mollywopped by the Washington Wizards last night? And do you have any thoughts on Sixers Wizards, Raheem? The only thought I can give you is that apparently home court advantage in the NBA playing game is worth 20 points. So <laughs> it's 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 there's nothing else to comment on. And then the, the Sixers Wizards, I think the Sixers, I've come along to the Sixers probably winning that, that series in four or five. Maybe, maybe the Wizards get one in, in a game where, you know, Bill goes off. But besides that, these two teams aren't very good at all. So, <laughs> Brandon? Yeah, my thoughts are thank you to the Pacers for letting me get some other work done last night. Got a little work prepared for the weekend and the Sixers and three. <laughs> okay. hey. uh, I haven't dug into it. Um, I, I'll have to take a look at it. I'm not, I'm not quite as like, ah, forget about it. I, I just don't trust the, I, I don't think the Sixers are worth trusting um, that much. So it's probable that they'll take care of business, but I'll have to, to look at it later today. However, we're talking about the Western conference. So your objective is to give me two angles on how to bet each series. We will start with the number three seed versus the number six. The Portland Trailblazers at the Denver Nuggets. In this series, gentlemen, this has been a weird one to look at the line. So the first lines I saw were uh, Nuggets minus 115, Blazers minus 105. It's now moved to Nuggets plus 100, Blazers minus 120, at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So the Blazers are now a, a more substantial favorite in this. You can get the Nuggets at plus money despite being the higher seed. Um, I took the Blazers at minus 105 early. I grabbed them. 
my two angles for this series are pretty simple firepower. So the Blazers have Damian Lillard. Yes, but also CJ McCollum, who is huge in the 2019 series and Norman Powell, who can create off ball. They also have more weaponry in terms of shooting. The Nuggets defense has been a lot better over the last, you know, 60 days, really, since um, going back before the Murray injury, but especially after the Murray injury, they've been really good. But the Blazers have a lot more firepower. I feel like the Nuggets are going to have to score at least 115 per game in order to keep track and keep up with what the Blazers are going to bring to the table. I do not think that they can do that without Jamal Murray. Will Barton is going to return sometime in the in the in this first round series, but he's not going to be 100%. If P.J. Dozier comes back in this series, that actually might literally tilt it. Like that just getting another ball handler that can actually shoot might be enough to get the Nuggets past them. I don't think this Blazers team is all that good despite how well they've played over the last month or so, I think that that can sometimes be fool's gold. But without Murray, even with how well I expect Jokic to play, the Blazers will make Aaron Gordon beat them. They'll make Faku Campazzo beat them. They'll make, make anybody except MPJ and Jokic beat them. And those two guys will probably still go off, but I don't think they'll have enough scoring uh, to get past them. I like the Blazers on the uh, money line for the series. I will say um, the ideas of like, I, I don't like any of the over under game props. And the reason I don't like that is pretty simple. The Nuggets in four of the five series that they've played have gone to seven games. This team is tough as fucking nails. Like they are tough. They are hard to get rid of. Um, and especially look at a Portland team that is not built the same way. They are not built for these like really big moments. I, I, do not trust the Blazers to handle the Nuggets in five or six. I think if this goes, it goes seven. And at that point, you know, we'll see where the, where the number is at for the Nuggets and where the series is at. But uh, I do think the series goes long and I think the Blazers win. Raheem, let's start with you. I'm on a, I'm in a totally same page. Like I, I like the Blazers as well. Basically we're in a guards league right now. I mean, I think you talk about it all the time that you got to have a shot creator as great as Jokic is. He, he doesn't have the guards on his team to really, you know, create the shots for people. Like Jamal Murray was the guy making big shots down the stretch. They don't have that. The Blazers have three of those guys. And more importantly, I don't think Compazzo can guard any of these guys. I mean, the Nuggets are 24th in opponent three-point shooting, um, shooting frequency, giving up 38% of opponent attempts from three. The Blazers are launching threes at will. Almost 41% of their attempts come from behind the arc. So I think this is a series with a lot of variance where, you know, the Blazers are going to make, they're going to have games where they're scoring 130, 120. And there's going to have games where they're, they're not making them. I think this is the Blazers win this series. It's a long series. They win it in seven. They just have the firepower that I don't think the Nuggets have at this point. Brandon? So I basically agree with everything you both just said with one exception. Uh, I'm in on the Blazers. I surprised myself by that. I literally was talking to Raheem earlier this week, like, man, this sucks. I don't want this series again. We've seen this. I don't need to see these teams play again. I think it's going to be a fun series. I don't know. Anyone will argue with that. We're going to get a ton of points. We're going to get a lot of offense and not a lot of defense around. Uh, I was surprised how strongly the Blazers profile uh, when I looked at them. Uh, I'm really trying to look at each team for what is the version we're going to get in the playoffs, not what have we had for these 72 games so far, which, duh, 
But I think this year of all years, that matters more than ever. Um, and we, we missed CJ McCollum for 25 games. We missed Nurkic for 35 games. They didn't have Norm until the last like 20 games or whatever that was. They were still the number two offense in the entire league. And that's like with this offensive explosion, that's behind only the mega death nets and in all their talent that they have. And I, I just, I think I underestimated how good this offense is. I think Norman Powell having that third shooter handler creator out there, I think gives them an extra dimension they haven't had in past years. Um, the Blazers regular season numbers have Ennis Cantor and Carmel Anthony as the third and fourth leading minutes on the team. We know that that's not going to be the case in the playoffs. We know they're going to get shoved way down in minutes and those minutes are going to turn into CJ and the Nurkic into norm. And yeah, I just, I agree with what you said, Matt firepower. I, I just can't see the nuggets having the firepower to hang, hang tough. The only place I disagree is this. I love when I look at a playoff series and I like the underdog, or that is to say that I like the, the seed underdog, the road team, because there is a huge inefficiency. I think when you're looking at series bet and number of games, the home team wins like 80% of game sevens. I don't want to bet on Portland going to Denver where there's an elevation advantage, where there's a home court advantage, where we've seen the nuggets of all teams win these game sevens. I don't want to bet on Portland in a game seven. I do think it's a long series. I love Portland in six. We know how good they are at home. We know that the road team getting that game six stuck in there, like the, the pressure of being able to finish that off. Portland in six, you can get at plus 410. And to me, when you're looking at, okay, Blazers are roughly even monies. So I can get my odds quadrupled that they, if they do win the series, win it in six at home, not finishing early, which I don't think any of us expect them to, and not having to take that tough game seven. So that's, that's my main angle. I really like the Blazers here. I also think that we're maybe underestimating well, I think the Blazers have a shot at the Western Conference Finals. Oh that God. will tie more to what I think about the Lakers and the Suns. I don't think they have a great shot, but they're plus 700 right now, which would imply something like 12%. I think they're more like 20 to 25%. I think there's a little bit of value there if, if these pieces all come together like they can. I just think that quadrant in particular feels like you could shake up the teams and any outcome could happen. The, oh, you think the Blazers are going to beat the winner of the the Suns Lakers? I don't think they're going to beat them. I think they can beat them. I'm getting plus 700. I'm not taking them straight up. I think that they can beat them. I will talk about the Suns and Lakers. I think both of those teams are overrated profiles from what we think right now. Okay, hang on. What do you think is the chance that they beat them? I, I said 20. Well, I think 20 or 25% chance that the Blazers make the Western Conference Finals. You think there's so, a 20% chance that they beat the, they beat the Lakers or, or Suns? No, that means a higher percent chance because I'm factoring in that they have to win the first round too. What do you think? Let me the take odds the action. Let's say that they do win the series. What are the odds that, that you, what, what do you, what would you give the odds that they, that they win that series? That they win in the second round? Yes. 
Uh, I don't know. I probably would say like 35 to 40%. I think that the, the offensive firepower is going to give them a shot. And we know that Dame is not going away. And you are aware think, that this was like, if you're going to, if you're going to spout the season long offensive numbers, you are aware this was the, the second worst defense in the league. Yes, absolutely. Okay. They're okay. going to have to win a shootout in every single game, but I either the, the Suns to me are, well, I'm going to get back to the Suns when we get to their part of their preview. I just feel like that they're, they're a tip, they look like a team that has probably performed at their ceiling already um, by, by what that they've done. And the Lakers are the opposite of the Blazers in that, like, I know what I'm getting from defense and I don't know if I trust enough on offense. And I don't still trust LeBron and Davis and what we just saw the other night. Look, I don't think the Blakers are going to make the Western Blazers are going to make the Western Conference Finals. I just think that doing it and losing there, which they would, you saw that plus seven hundred, and you can't resist yourself because you love these bets that are that are better than plus six. You're, I, I, love, I like it. You're always looking for the fences. You're always looking for the fences. This is so wild to me. Uh, well, look, I mean, I think I think here's one thing. Um, I, I this is a really hard this is a difficult season mm. to analyze. So the data Brandon says over and over and over again, do not trust the last 20 games of the season that the most, the highest correlation to playoff success is the first 20 games and the middle 20 games of the season, like yeah. in January ish on a normal year. Right. Which would be like, I guess, February, March ish mm. um, this season. That's like the that's when you can actually trust the correlation that the last 15, 10 to 10, 20 games have a very low correlation to playoff success. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, mm. If you're facing tanking teams, you're going to look good. If you're facing resting teams, you're going to look good. The Suns played the Lakers without the stars. Like th- this all factors into how they look. The other thing is if you're going to look at like their offense, uh, the last 15 games, no, and this is actually for the season. Um, Enos Cantor, Carmelo Anthony, and Anthony Simons have a 134 offensive rating. Do we think that that's a lineup you want to play in a playoff series? No. But the problem is, like, that factors into the whole offensive rating profile. I don't disagree. I can't blame you for taking 4-2. Like, if you get past the mystique of the Nuggets in terms of taking series to seven, I get it. That's fine. I think that's a decent angle. I don't. One thing I have, I am kind of off of taking individual series numbers uh, to finish mm. X like four two. There's too many swing games where it's like this series could, should have gone six, but one team like uh, Lakers Nuggets last year is a good example of that. So like I bet Lakers in six. Anthony Davis misses that three-pointer, and I cash. Like, I absolutely cash there. But he didn't. He missed it. He made it, right? Like, he makes that one. And so I think that, that trying to split that one is, is, is a little too narrow. Um, the thing I'll just say is, like, this Portland team, I don't think you're insane for thinking that they can make the Western Conference Finals. I'll say that. Like, I don't think you're insane for that. Um, I think he's insane. I know you do. But, like, this is the model which we'll talk about in the next series. Like the model is basically the Suns pulled the up, upset on a Lakers team that's beat to hell. 
And then the Blazers get by a sun scene that you can see that is a little bit more mortal. You know, like they get here's kind of the thing. All of the Blazers playoff success, all of it. I'm not trying to be a hater here. I'm really not like I love Portland. I think it's a great market. Dame is the best leader in the NBA. I love CJ McCollum. Um, But like this is the reality with the Blazers. All of their success has been based on fortune. All of it. They made the Western Conference Finals. How did they make the Western Conference Finals two years ago? The Thunder never, ever blitzed Dame. Not once did they actually put pressure on him. It was the dumbest defensive adjustment I've ever seen. They faced a Nuggets team in the second round with Will Barton and Gary Harris, clearly not 100%, in their first playoff run ever with this core. And they just didn't know how to handle it. And in game seven, the Blazers still had to get Evan Turner and Myers Leonard big games. Then... They face the Warriors in the conference finals shorthanded and they still get smacked Um, when they made it out a couple of years ago versus the Clippers. The Clippers got hurt. Everybody got hurt in that series. Like every time the Blazers have made a run, it's because of bad fortune for the other teams. But look at this year. Like the Nuggets have had bad fortune. The Lakers have had bad fortune. So like, I don't think he's crazy. I'm not going with him but I don't think he's crazy on this, right? I just, I'll just add, I agree. I agree that how the Blazers have become this tough playoff team has been because they're good, but more because they've had the right path. I I think though that it's too easy for us to just pigeonhole, oh, the Blazers. We know the Blazers, Damon, CJ, we know what they are. CJ has been much better this year and really good in the playoffs in the past. And this is not the old Blazers teams. Robert Covington doesn't fix everything, but he is a better option than what they've had in the past. I mean, you just brought up, you just brought up Evan Turner and Myers Leonard. We've got Nurkic looking kind of finally, mostly healthy Covington, Norm Powell. Like there are good players here. That's a really good quality five to put out there. Again, I'm not picking the Blazers to make the Western conference finals I just think if you're giving me a one out of eight chance and all three of us agree that they're winning this round, then that's only one series away. And I just, I think that the playoffs are not as binary as we want them to be. And my basic Western premise is that I think this conference is, is wide open and that a lot of things can happen. You could talk me into you could show me, you could tell me that any team from that Blazers quadrant could make the Western Conference Finals. And I would be like, okay, yeah, I can see how that path happened for them. Damian Lillard is the best guard in that quadrant. He's going to be the best guard by far in this series. And he would be the best guard in the next series because LeBron James is not a guard. And they've got the best backcourt. Raheem, you just said it's a guards league. Dame and CJ give a chance, and the rest of the roster is good enough. To, to give a chance, a better than one in eight chance. Raheem, how many times in our Slack does he moan about the Lakers and how they're going to win every single title and then he says it's wide open? How many times yeah. in our Slack does he drop that? At least once a day. Yeah, once a day. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. 
If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Let's move on. We got to keep this rolling here. So let's go to the next series uh, and let us journey to the winner of the most epic play-in game of all time. The LA Lakers at the Phoenix Suns. So uh, in the series, Suns are plus 125, Lakers minus 150. This opened at William Hill at a drastically different number of Lakers minus 300, Suns, what, what do I, I have to look at because I got it. I, I bet the Suns because I was just like, that's too good of a number. Um, it was plus 200 better on Wednesday night. So, like, just the, there was such an expectation of the Lakers that they actually overshot and had to, to peel back the other direction. So, um, you've got Suns plus 125, Lakers minus 150 on bet MGM. Uh, Lakers 4 2 is plus 350. That's the most likely outcome in the series. The um, series spread Lakers minus two and a half is plus three seventy five. Lakers minus one and a half is plus one thirty. So that's that's where that one's at. Um, Brandon, let's start with you now. What do you think in the series? Yeah. So when that line first came out and the Lakers were minus three hundred, I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's so disrespectful." to the two seed that we just watched have this great season. And I was all prepared to be like, all right, well, LeBron or not, I got to take the Suns. If you're giving me that price, I have to do it. I didn't do it. And then when I looked at the prices last night to prepare for the day, the price is gone. And so is the value on the Suns series. Like there's still an underdog, but it's like 125, 135 at books. And so you're giving me like a slightly weighted coin to bet against LeBron after everything that we've seen in the, like the last time that LeBron James was in the playoffs and didn't make the finals. It involved Kobe Bryant and uh, who was 2010 Kevin Garnett, Dwight Howard. I don't know, like a lot of players that aren't doing things anymore. I realized like literally four minutes ago, I just said, I didn't trust the Lakers. I don't trust the Lakers, but I don't think that the Suns team has like a a different gear to get to like so I think that the Lakers are vulnerable I as an NBA fan I'm going to show up in the slack every day and complain about how everything is inevitable the world is awful LeBron is going to win again because that's the only thing my fandom knows how to do as a better 
I think that the Lakers are vulnerable and it's just going to take the right matchup. I just don't think that this is the matchup for that. Um, the Lakers, as I'm looking at the team, in only some ways, obviously, they remind me of the 2005 Pistons, <clears throat> defending champions who had a very strong defense, but not the same quite elite defense, but a really good defense. The Lakers have been number one all season. I know they're going to even be better with LeBron and Davis back out there. The Pistons, that 2005 team, made it to game seven of the finals. Like they came that close to defending their title. But that team also only had to face the Miami Heat was like the only good team in the entire conference. And they got Dwayne Wade injured in the Eastern Conference finals. And those like the worst finals of my lifetime. So they're not that. They have LeBron. At the end of the day, for the Lakers to win the title last year, we had to get playoff LeBron, which I'm not betting against anymore. But we also had to get a different playoff version of Anthony Davis that we haven't seen often or for extended periods or hitting like 85% of his jumpers or whatever that was. They also had to get playoff Rondo and Rondo is not there. And I don't know who the third guy is that makes a serious step up like that. Um, the, in this matchup, I have to take the Lakers because I just I, I can't get excited about the Suns. They were remarkably healthy all year, given all the rest of the teams in the league. I just feel like they're a team that is good, very good, good enough until someone beats them. And right now, LeBron and Davis appear to be healthy. And if you're giving me near a coin flip, I have to go with that. So my angles that I play on this, Lakers minus 1.5 in the series is plus 130. So all that means is the Lakers win the series and not in seven. I don't feel like they would need to go to seven games on this. Of all the teams that I do feel confident could win on the road in the game six or whatever, it's LeBron. That doesn't phase me at all. Uh, the one I really like is Lakers to go up two to one in the series, which is at plus 142. I feel like this just sets up as like, okay, LeBron and Davis, they got in the play in. They, they know that they're the seventh seed. All they have to do to change all that is just win one of the first two road games. Just win one. Windhorse had that stat that he spouted after every single playoff series for years that LeBron had won a, a road playoff game in like 39 series in a row or something. I think that that's over now, but all they got to do is win one of those first two, come home, go up 2-1. I don't think the Suns are coming back from that. So I think the Lakers take it. I don't love either one of these teams, but this is the series that we have. So he, he thinks the Lakers are vulnerable, Raheem. And he doesn't yeah. trust them versus the Suns, but he likes the Blazers. This is the, I, I know the numbers. I get that you're, you're playing the numbers, Brandon. I get it. I get it. It's just like, I, I do think that sometimes. It's all over the place with me. I'm going to be well, honest well, with you. I do you. think that sometimes with, like with the betting when we start to look at the, at the implied probability, we start to talk ourselves into like, this has value, right. Versus yeah. like, yeah, but like it having value is different than like, I'm going to bet it. Like that's like, I think there's a, a separation there. Um, Raheem, are you in the same place in terms of the Suns are going to handle business or the Lakers are going to handle business here? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, this Suns defense is really falling off of a cliff. They're 25th in defensive rating over the last two weeks, giving up 119 points per hundred possessions. Like this team over the first half of the season, they were a top five offense and top five defense. And they, re- I think they were really playing over above their head. And now we're seeing what they truly are. And 
this big Lakers team is going to be able to dominate in the paint. I mean, the Suns right now, they're giving up 65% at the rim. They're 24th in opponent field goal percentage at the rim. I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James, they eat all day. Also, I mean, I think one of the big things is outside of Chris Paul and, and Jay Crowder and, you know, maybe Dario Saric, this team doesn't have a lot of playoff experience. We've seen Devin Booker struggle, you know, recently. We don't know how he's going to perform in the playoffs. This Lakers team is a big team. You know, they can they can slow guards down. We've seen them slow Damian Lillard down last year in the playoffs. This defense hasn't skipped a beat with or without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Everybody's healthy. I, I just don't see how this is a young team. And I think people forget that. So I'm going to lay it with the Lakers. But what I really want to do is I could see the Lakers dropping this first game. And then I can come back and, and, and get the Lakers at an even better price. But I think one, minus 150 for the Lakers is a little bit of a bargain. Um, now, I think, you know, William Hill jumped the gun. Because a lot of times you have the offshore books, which normally shut. They, they normally control the market. For whatever reason, they decided to put out their line first before some of the bigger offshore books. And when the offshore books came out, I think William Hill recognized that they made a mistake. But, I mean, at 150, it's, it's probably a little too low. So, I guess my question on that, Raheem, is if you would you rather wait to see what the Lakers series price goes to after game one or bet Suns to win game one and Lakers to win the series at plus 250. I'd rather wait because then I, I kind of lock myself into a position. And for me, at least if I wait and I sit there and I watch the game and the Suns are in a good place, I could say, you know what, I could reevaluate after the game, or I could live bet the Lakers. Like, how many times do we – you always get good value live betting the Lakers when they're down. Yeah. They were down 14, 15 points at halftime against the Warriors and getting plus 170. Yeah, I'm pretty sure books got pounded with that. So I don't I don't want to lock myself into a position where I, I, I say the Suns are going to win unless I truly believe that the Suns are going to win. And I could, in that case, I'm just going to bet the Suns. Why wait for my money? A going theme of this first round is that the numbers are just too sharp. Like that's one thing I've definitely noticed year over years. Like last year, I thought there was a lot of value. Yeah. Um, series by series, round by round. Like I could find spots where I was really excited. Like here's a good example of this. Um, it, let's say you want Lakers in six, which is a pretty decent one, right? Like the Suns are a really good team. Like they're a really good team. But if you want to grab Suns plus two and a half, you're at minus 500 at that MGM. I have to like five to one for the Suns to win two games. Um, Meanwhile, it's like, if I want to go, like this is probably the one that I'm going to be on is Lakers minus one and a half plus 130, right? I get a plus number for them to win in five or six. That's... Mm -hmm. I've got a good variance there that that I, I will probably just hedge that against the Suns series bet that mm-hmm. I took because I had to get the I had to get that number. Like I'll say this, like I don't feel, you know, I just said like sometimes you can you can look at the number and not and not think about whether you want to bet it. Like I do want to bet it. Cause like one of my issues is okay, one, Raheem, let's go back to the defense, right? So the defense fell off a cliff for the Suns. 
why do we think the sun, the, the sun's defense fell off? Like, did they just, it was there an injury? No. Did they just forget how to defend? No. Like that's not a thing. Right. Versus if you look at it, their schedule was just like mm. brutal. Okay. And constantly going. And you could tell that they were in a little bit of a coast mode. Also, yeah. Monty Williams kept playing Frank Kaminsky, which is certainly a choice. And if he does that in the series, he's going to lose. Like, I like Frank Kaminsky. I think that he's like, he's worked really hard to be a viable rotation player. You cannot play him in a playoff series. I cannot stress this enough. If Monty Williams throws him out there in game one, I'm live betting the Lakers. I don't care if they're up 50. Like, yeah. I will just bet the Lakers live. Um, I don't hate the matchup, right? Like, the Lakers' whole thing is physicality. Like, oh, we've got all these athletes. We've got these big guys. We've got all this athleticism and strength. All right, well, the Suns are coming in there with Chris Paul, who's fucking tough as nails. they got Jay Crowder. they got DeAndre Ayton. They do have Kaminsky. They've got big wings. Booker is big for, for his position. Like, they're not overwhelmed in terms of physicality. They've got a, a, a defense where if they play Sarich at five, they can switch everything one through five. Now, I don't know if you can play that versus versus Davis, right? Like, I don't know if you mm-hmm. can if you can put Sarich on Davis. Maybe though, like Davis doesn't want to bang down low. That's not what he wants. He wants to take he wants to take face up jumpers. That's what he wants to do all the time. So, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily worry about him getting beasted in the post if it's Sarich, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if Monty will trust it though. I feel like Monty's gonna be like, I can't put Sarich out there versus AD. I can't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Suns have a better bench. We can agree on that. Like, but, I mean, some of that is some some of that is negated because of the playoff rotations. Okay, but here's here's the the, the key thing with that. Um, it's true that you that that your bench rotations don't matter as much in a shortened in a shortened rotation. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the minutes. Think about it this way. The Warriors almost beat the Lakers the other night in that, in that game in large part because they won the non-Steph minutes when LeBron was on the floor to start the second. Yeah. Those lines have actually not been great. Like the Lakers in the second quarter, no AD with LeBron have not been as good this season as they were last year. Um, so a lot of this is also it's replacement, right? So it's like if somebody gets tweaks an ankle or goes out or gets in foul trouble, can you replace what you need to? And the Suns definitely have that with campaign Cam Johnson. Like they have shooting, they have scoring, they have defense all the way around. I can't say that like that the value is all gone on the Suns, that it's all gone. But everyone's kind of just acting like this is going to be a walkover. And I don't see a tactical reason for it. I can see it from the perspective of Booker, Ayton, Payne, Johnson, are not in it like not paying Johnson bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, the young guys are not ready for this. I, I can see that. That mm-hmm. that's a thing. We've seen exp- we've seen experience be brutal in some of these play in tournament games. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that there's like I don't see this. I, I think everyone just kind of like, well, it's a, like I do think there's value just being like, well, it's the Lakers. But yeah. if you're gonna do that, like just bet them for the title, which I have. Yeah. But mm-hmm. same I, here. I, I wish that we were getting like what I wish is that I wish I was getting um, like Suns plus one and a half is minus one sixty. That's absurd. 
And I get that's like, well, they're the two seed. You really can't get, but that's the problem is like, I can't get a better number on this. I like, I, I want a better number on plus one and a half than minus 160. It's really hard to find a good one. The only one I think that really has value in this series um, is Lakers uh, minus one and a half at plus 130. Basically saying like, if, it, if I'm wrong and it does go the other way and the Lakers win game one and they take care of the two in LA and it's three, mm-hmm. one going back to Phoenix, wrap it up. Yeah. So that, that to me is where the value is at. I think, I think the biggest problem I'm having with this series is the fact that LeBron and AD were injured for so long Yeah, and my numbers aren't going to incorporate who they are. So I kind of have to almost infer what they could be. And I don't know if that matches who they are now. Right. 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 To me, to me, my problem with the Lakers and why I, the better in me, not the fan in me is fading them is, is kind of what you just said, Raheem, except that I'm going the opposite direction. I think that we have seen, we haven't seen what LeBron is, what Davis is, what the Lakers are supposed to be. And I think that we are giving them too much credit. I yeah. think that we are saying, okay, yeah, they're just going to be awesome again. We saw it happen in the playoffs last year, but we also like we're dismissing a bunch of other playoff things that happened last year because of the confluence of events that lined up perfectly. Yeah. The Lakers had a lot of positive things that lined up perfectly. They had all those shots. They had the Rondo thing. They had a lot of big KCP shots. A lot of things happened last year that we were not this confident of going into the playoffs. And I don't think it's fair to just assume that's all going to happen again, especially when all the evidence we have this year doesn't say that and when the the injuries are serious. So I just think we're giving the Lakers too much credit because of what should be and what history has said. And that's my stance is against the Lakers, not in this series, but I don't think this is a championship team. And yeah, you're going to be talking about how the Lakers are going to win everything. All right. Let's go to the final series that we have numbers for as we record this on Friday morning. The Los Angeles Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks, uh, otherwise known as I, uh, as my goddamn it, why can't I figure out the series? Series. Clippers minus three seventy five, Mavericks plus three hundred. Uh, series spread, Clippers <laughs> uh, minus two and a half is plus one thirty. Clippers minus one and a half is minus one eighty five. Raheem, let's start with you. I'm going to go with the Clippers in five. Okay. I, I, I just – I mean, I don't – and you you guys know I'm conservative. I mean, you guys have been working with me long enough. I don't really like the ladies' type of bets. I would rather lay the 430 over this type of bet more often than not. But I think – I've spoken all year about how I love this Clippers team. I think Lou Williams – I mean – Ty Lue was a huge upgrade over Doc Rivers. They got rid of their biggest defensive season. Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell, they have so many wings. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Marcus Morris and Nick Patoon. And that's always been a, a, a huge mismatch for this, you know, this Mavericks team. Now, I love Dorian Finney-Smith, I love, but it's just, it's just not enough. And I think they can cause problems with this Mavericks team offensively and defensively. And the fact that they played them last year, and the series went six. And that's one of the reasons why they fired Doc because, you know, it, it were really – ownership wasn't really happy with the way they performed in that series. And then, of course, you know, getting knocked out against the Nuggets. I think they'll be super motivated. So the I'm going to give them average Mavericks one game where, the you know, LA Clippers. Doc goes off and they, they shoot pretty well. But 
I think the Clippers, they 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 both race this team. Brandon. Yeah, I mostly agree. I I think that the Mavericks could take a second game. I don't think that they have a very real chance in this series. Uh, for the Mavericks to win this series, I think Luka Doncic has to be the best player on the court by like a significant margin. And that's not just Luka over Kawhi and PG. That's Luka being defended by Kawhi and PG and still needing to be that much better than them because like, it, it either is that Luka just goes supernova which is going to happen. I think we all agree at some point. I don't know if it's happening yet. Or it has to be that Paul George disappears again and and like that the Paul George over Porzingis and everything else advantage, which is huge and significant, disappears. And suddenly we have like, well, Luca and Kawhi played mostly even. The rest of the cast are mostly even. Like that's the path for the Mavericks. And I don't buy either of those paths. I think Paul George has had a really good season. Is going to be good this year, and the Mavericks. I don't know. The, Ma- the Mavericks defense has not looked great. The Mavericks offense is not as good, I think, as we want it to be. I, I really wanted to like the Mavericks going in, but I so I covered this series last year in the first round. I, I wrote about all the, the game guides here, and. I remember being excited about the Mavericks going in. They had that insane offensive efficiency and all that. And it just was the wrong matchup. It just to like the whole point of what the Clippers have built is to have these zillions of awesome wing defenders to throw at teams. Like last year, I thought that the Clippers facing off against the James Harden team, that was like the death matchup if, if Harden had to face them because they were just going to be able to throw all this size and wing and just, take that away and just like mash whatever the offense is trying to do. And I think that the, the Mavericks are a different version of that. Like we know that Luca and Harden have a similar style. I just don't mm. think it's the right fit. I, I do think Luca is going to be good. I'm not saying he's not going to have a good series. I just don't know that he can be that much better than everything else. And I'm not excited to bet the series lines because I think it's Clippers in five Clippers in six. I don't like none of the lines feel like they give me a, the odds that entice me that much. Yeah. So the bet that I actually like in the series best is that at BetMGM, you can bet on the series leading scorer. And I just think that that should be Luka Doncic. He averaged 27-7 in the season. Last year, he averaged 31 a game in the playoffs against the Clippers. He had three games of 38 plus, and he was injured in multiple of those games. Kawhi was just under 25 this year. PG's at 23. I think there's it's very easy for me to see Luca putting up like 30 or more points a game and Kawhi and PG. I don't think they need to. I think that they have a better, more balanced team. I think they could end up like sitting out a fourth quarter at some point because they had a nice, easy win. So Luca at minus 115 to lead in scoring. That mm. seems like a very good bet to me. That's my interest on this series. I like that. I've got here in Colorado at minus 135 for Lucas as the leading scorer in the series, which is still pretty good value. Um, mm-hmm. So I went into prep for the series and was saying to myself, all right, I'm going to find reasons to take the Clippers. And every data point I find says to take the Mavericks. All of them. Wow. So, really? Yeah. So here, wow. here's a good, here's a good example of this. Um, one, I want to note that Brandon said, said the Mavericks defense has not been great minutes after 
saying that he was taking the Portland Trailblazers to go to the Western Conference Finals. I heard it too. I heard it. <laughs> um, and so here's a good example of, of what happened last year. Um, the Mavericks switched everything in their series versus the Clippers. And they actually held PG and Kawhi to a sub 1.0 points per possession mark. They got killed by one player in a switching when they were switching and it was Lou Williams with Lou Williams as a guy they were switching against. They gave up a 1.3 points per possession mark, which nuked their defense. You will notice that Lou Williams is no longer found on the Los Angeles Clippers roster. They actually didn't do a lot of like the whole thing with the Clippers is like, we have all of these perimeter defenders and we will switch everything. They actually didn't do that a lot versus Luca. They mostly played drop and it worked pretty well with Zubac, who's a pretty good drop defender. He can play up a little bit and still contain. Um, the reason I can't bet the Mavericks to win outright is Chris Apps Porzingis, who I do not trust to a stay healthy or B step up in the moment. Okay. However, if you're telling me that you're like the Clippers are still a drop heavy team. Cause they have to be like, that's who they are with Zubac. He's too big a part of their team. You can't switch with zoo. You can't do it. So like they didn't like, literally I looked back the last two seasons. They have not in the data I have available. There is not a recorded instance between the last two seasons, regular season and postseason, of them switching with zoo onto Luca. They just don't do it. They'll just drop. If he puts them in pick and roll, what they do though is the Mavericks run pick and roll with one of their guards. They'll have Tim Hardaway Jr. do it. They'll have Jalen Brunson do it. They'll have Dorian Finney-Smith do it. And the Clippers will switch those positions. And then you get Marcus Morris in a switch situation versus Luka Doncic. That is not ideal. The numbers don't bode well for that either. There's a bunch of different ways that the 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 Mavericks can attack them other than just going at Zubach. Like there's just a lot of different ways that they can do it. Um, the Clippers, here's the, the, the other key element. Um, I looked this up. Versus teams that are top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency via cleaning the glass. The Mavericks are fourth in differential with the third best defense in the NBA. Everything that we look at with the Mavericks is tilted by the fact that they suck ass versus bad teams. Everything, everything with Dallas is shaded by that fact. If they just played average versus bad teams, the Mavericks are probably the three seed, but they didn't. And you could say like, well, that's a thing about their quality of play. Sure. But they also played exceptionally well versus good teams. I was concerned about the 50-point blowout in the first week of the season versus the Clippers influencing this. So I took it just after that. I took it after that game and looked at their numbers. They're still the ninth-best defense versus teams that are top 10 in offense and defense with the uh, seventh-best differential. Like, the Mavericks play well versus good teams. I have a really hard time in the series figuring out if the Mavericks are better or worse than last year. I do not have the answer to that. Because as easy as it is to be like, oh, they're worse. I mean, look at them. So much of it last year was just like, they just bombed. They just like, they just like chuck threes and that was doable. By the playoff series, you have to be able to win like closer possessions. 
I think this this team might be a little bit better geared toward it. One thing that's another key factor, though, against the Mavericks is Maxi Kleber's not 100%. If he doesn't play, that takes away a pick-and-pop option, and that's a real problem for them. This is a situation where I could easily talk myself into Dallas by going way too far into the specific matchup stuff and then forgetting the big picture. I don't want to take Dallas to win the series. Mm. However, I get Mavericks plus 2.5 at minus 155. I'm only laying... A buck and a half versus them to get two games out of the series versus a Clippers team that let's be on like you know Raheem you've talked about this like oh but Doc Rivers is gone it's like I don't trust Ty Lue anymore like I don't <laughs> trust Ty Lue any more than this there's no reason to trust Ty Lue any more than Doc Rivers because a lot of this just comes down to mm. I don't trust Kawhi as your leader I, just don't. I think that's that's a big thing that nobody's talking about right now. And he's been having some hand problems. I think that's big. Like, and it's not being talked about anywhere. So again, I think the, the Clippers are gonna get out of this series. Mm. I don't love it. Again, this is another series where it's just too sharp. Yeah, I think a lot of these a lot of these lines are sharp. And I'm I think the frustrating thing for me is that outside of the two pick'em series with the the Nuggets and the Blazers and the Knicks and the Hawks, the public hasn't really weighed in. Yeah. Hasn't, hasn't moved. Um, so yeah, like I- I'm going to take Mavericks plus two and a half minus minus one fifty five. I'm going to go that route. And then if I'm wrong on this one, I'm not going to go heavy on units. I'm going to take that and just, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I will, I will, I will dabble on this one, but I, I think it's a real trap series that can go a bunch of different ways. That's the three series that we have numbers on tonight, Friday night, we'll get Warriors Grizzlies. Uh, I'm expecting a Warriors win. Are you both expecting Warriors wins? I mean, the line went up to five and I I did the game guide and I wrote about the Warriors. Basically, I I just, I feel like the Grizzlies aren't going to be able to defend Steph Curry at all. I don't know why everyone talks about this. Who, who does like, you don't beat the Warriors by by shutting down Steph Curry. You beat the Warriors by shutting down everybody else and then outscoring them. It's not, don't let JTA hit three threes on you. Don't like a lot of it for the Grizzlies. They lost that last game because they couldn't hit anything. That's a big thing in this one. Yeah, that, that is, that is true. Like they got to make shots. Yeah. Um, the, the thing oh. too for the Grizzlies is that the, the two of Memphis's biggest advantages are winning the rebounding battle and the turnover battle. Yeah. We know that those are two areas that the Warriors can struggle a lot with. So yeah. like, I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to win, but I, I can see what the game looks like if they do. Like it's another Valanchunas puts up a 2020 game because they just don't have someone that can stop him. And Here's the another, thing though. Like Steph turning it over and steals leading to easy buckets. And that's how the Grizzlies find some points to keep up with. Uh, Here's the thing though. I mean, Valanchunas has gone off in each of the last two games. He scored 29 on, on Sunday and he scored 23 against the Spurs and it was everybody else who couldn't score. And then when you look at the three games in which the Warriors played the Grizzlies this year, Steph Curry didn't play in one of them. The Grizzlies had offensive ratings of 105, 100 and 105. So this team is struggling to score against this Warriors defense, which is fifth in defensive rating. And I think that's the most underrated thing about this Warriors team this year is that they still can defend. So if nobody else is going to step up, if John Morant, John Morant's got to give you 25, 30, for them to win it this game tonight. The the Warriors are the the early 2000s Iverson Sixers. It's all defense and then one dude 
just scoring That's so accurate lights except, out except like really actually good at doing that part we're not gonna do this today we're not gonna do this <laughs> we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this i will not tolerate it um, I, 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 because you know what it is i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you I, I know brandon i've known brandon for almost a year now <laughs> brandon still he views early 2000s basketball through a 2021 lens and yeah. that's not fair yeah and i'm not gonna allow that happen can't do that all right let's move on before this gets gets nasty so let's assume the warriors win <laughs> uh if it's grizzlies we'll talk about it on monday on the next episode of the action network nba podcast if it's warriors let's assume it's warriors the Golden State Warriors at the Utah Jazz. Are either of you going to be looking? Are you going to be looking for Jazz angles or Warriors angles going when the series prices drop? Brandon, I'll start with you. So I, I just think the Jazz are too good. The Warriors, I, I don't know the record, but the Warriors' record versus like average and bad teams <clears throat> has been very strong. That's how they've survived and stayed afloat. I know like down the last month or so, we saw the Warriors beat some of the best teams in the NBA at home. Um, and, and they finally got some of those wins. But earlier in the season, the Warriors were terrible against like any good team. And then they were just beating up on the bad teams. Um, when Steph faces one of the top defenses that actually has some answers, it's, you know, he's still Steph, but they have a way to at least kind of keep him in check. And, I just think that the Jazz are too good. The Jazz also are going to have a very huge rest advantage here and a home advantage. I think I think like we've gotten used to home court not really being part of things. The Jazz have always had a huge home court, and the home court advantage you can actually get better in the playoffs than it was in the regular season for once. Like normally it flips, and and it's not as big of a deal. Utah I think has more fans than anyone else right now. They're thirty-one and five at home. They have the elevation advantage combined with the rest disadvantage. Like the Warriors, if they win tonight, are going to be coming off two game seven type atmospheres in, in like the last four days before they play. Suddenly they're down 0-1. And, you know, I, I just think it's very easy for me to see where the Jazz just like win this in four or five and just look like just the much better team. Um, the, mm. the Warriors, Steph could just do Steph things and then who knows. But I feel like Steph can like score 40 a game, and I still don't know where the other 65 points or whatever are coming from. Raheem, my, my thing with this series is I feel like the, the public's going to come in on the, on the Warriors. Like, yeah. I'm, I, if this was not Steph, I would think that this would be like a sneaky opportunity to grab Golden State. It's like, all right, look, you got this dynamic guard versus the uh, jazz drop defense, Rudy struggles in space, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the Warriors have three point shooting. The Jazz have three point shooting, but I don't trust their shooters as much as in the regular season. But mm-hmm. I feel like if it's Steph versus the Jazz, I feel like the public is going to go so heavy on the Warriors that we're going to be able to get a good series price on Utah, like minus one and a half or minus two and a half. Like that's my initial and, and but the me, the the books models are going to put the jazz as such a big favorite like am i going to be able to get jazz minus one and a half at anything close to like good value i don't think so mm-hmm. i feel like it's still gonna be like minus 300 mm-hmm. but i don't want to take like they're, they're only going to give you good numbers on things like the the warriors to win the series outright which i don't want to bet 
Yeah, I'm approaching this series. I'm I'm looking for spots to take the Warriors. I I think we're underestimating how different this Warriors team was from who they are now. I mean, James Wiseman and Kelly Oubre were actively sabotaging this team. No, like I feel so bad for those dudes. Like, let's keep it honest. Like we, Kelly we, Uber, like Weisman's like twenty. He's like such a kid. The system's so complex. And then like, and then like Uber, Uber was was a good player in Washington. He was a good player in Phoenix. Like he wanted to to help out this like Warriors championship team. And he's like the scapegoat. I feel so bad for him. I, I'm just saying, but I mean they've been actively like they've literally actively sabotaged this team. Like, and I, I hate to say it, but this Warriors team, like. Since the, since they've been out, they're second in net rating. Now I know you said, I mean, you you said something earlier, which I think you're right, that you actually kind of have to take the last 20 games with a grain of salt. But that's a huge difference. They're like 20th in net rating. They're like second in defensive rating, and they're ninth in offensive rating. So I think this is a different team. This Warriors team has been able to give the Jazz problems, like you said, because Rudy Gobert plays drop coverage. I just think it's it's a matchup in which, to me, I think this is a career-defining series for Steph Curry. Like, this is a series where if you were one of those people who felt like, oh, Steph Curry can't carry a team, and he still got to prove himself without Clay, Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, if you weren't a believer, this is a series where he makes you a believer. And he goes out there and he wins two games single-handedly. If he wins two games, does that prove anything? No, but I think he does it in such I think he does it in such a way to where it's just like, you know what? If you weren't a believer before, you believe. Now win, no, win the series. Now win win the go go beat go go beat Rudy Gobert. Go go do that. But I, but what's going on with Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell ain't playing 17 games. Right. Yeah, he's supposed to be he's he's hopeful to be ready for the first game. So I mean that's a factor. I agree with you. Like I agree with you. Um, are you going to bet the Warriors on the series line? No, I'm, I'm just going to pick, I'm going to pick my spots and I'm going to go money line. Like I'm going to treat it like the same way I did the Warriors when they played the Spurs back in 2013. I think I bet them the first two games of the series. Yeah. I'm going to approach it that way because I think they, I think they're live. They're going to win one of the first two games in my opinion. Okay. So, So what? What where's the spot where you are willing to bet on the Warriors winning the series? Like, is it when they win one of the first two? Are they up three one because they won the two home games? Like, what's the breaking point where you think, oh man, they're actually going to win the series? I think that's something I have to see in real time. Whether there's an adjustment or there's something the Jazz can't handle, or like, but right now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not betting them to win a series. But I, I do think you mentioned something that was, you know, very interesting about the home court advantage. And you know, home court advantage in the playoffs is it's unreal. Like I mean, like I have it tracked. When I look at home court advantage for the regular season in the 2018 season, I had it around two and a half points. For the playoffs, I had it around three point two two. In 2017, I actually had home court advantage for the playoffs at like six points. So it's just like it's it's it is a big factor, especially in Utah. I think the lines are tough. I think it's tough. I just think the public is going to warp this too much. I, I don't feel like the numbers are going to be good on those at yeah. all. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. Thanks for joining us on the Action Network NBA podcast, NBA playoff preview for the Western Conference. 
We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the weekend's game ones. We'll get you set. We'll, we'll take a look at the updated series prices and get you set and let you know where the value is going forward. We'll have you covered throughout the playoffs. Make sure to download the Action Network app. You can track your bets, get the up-to-second analysis. We've got series prices in the app you can track, so you can brag to all your friends. I had the Portland Trailblazers in this series. <laughs> um, you can do all that. Um, Brandon, let me take features. your action on that series. You can do, you can do, I already you, got my action. I already, I already paid the bucks. Already paid Oh, the man. All right, that's going to wrap it up. For Raheem Palmer, for Brandon Anderson, I'm Matt Moore. We'll see you guys again next time on the Action Network Podcast, NBA Edition. We're finished talking. <laughs>